This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Feminism in your ears. It's another broad podcast on Joy 94.9. Keep listening. Hashtag feminism. Hashtag podcast. Hashtag broad on Joy 94.9. Joy Radio. Hi, this is Lucy Lawless, otherwise known as Xena Warrior Princess, and I urge you to join Joy because who doesn't need more of that? We're loud, we're proud, we're here. Joy Radio. Girl, I'm 
listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. Broad would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands that we broadcast from, the Kulin Nation, and pay respect to all Kulin elders, women from the past, present, and those women who will be our future elders. We'd also like to acknowledge with respect the traditional owners of all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander lands we broadcast to, and to pay respect to all elders, women elders from all clans and nations, past, present and future. And welcome to Broad. Thanks again to Well, 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 fabulous crew there, keeping us informed and on the case as it may be. And it is Monday the 13th, it is February, and tomorrow is the big day. It's a V-Day for some people. For others it means something totally different. But that's, aside from that, that was Yalapino, uh, written by Pharrell Williams, the wonderful Pharrell, and performed by the fantastic Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet, of course, is in Hidden Figures. Apart from that, she's also starred in uh, the wonderful Moonlight, which... Um, has been just raking in the awards, which is fantastic. Now, uh, we'll be talking about Hidden Figures a bit later in the show this evening, doing a review. It is due out uh, Thursday, but I do notice online there's a few sneaky kind of uh, pre-previews or post-previews, a few screenings that are on and about town if you are really keen to see this film, and I suggest you do see it as soon as you can and uh, certainly let's hope it gets those awards but I'll be talking about that later in the show and also tonight to showcase we are speaking to Rebecca Chairs all the way from Brisbane she came all the way from Queensland to talk to us about a femzine a feminist scene that she is part of and collates and puts together and um, smashing it out really is uh, Wolfpack it's called And it was in the Festival of the Photocopier, the Fair Day, which was yesterday, Sunday, the 12th, a big event for many zinesters out there, feminist and otherwise, and just a fantastic crowd at the Melbourne Town Hall here in Australia. It really was amazing. Look, there would have been about 200 tables or something like that. I don't know how many thousands and thousands of zines, but all DIY and made with a lot of love, care and attention. And uh, we had our first scene there too, broad zine number one. So um, hashtag, well, we gave it a shot. Hashtag, maybe we'll do this again. Hashtag, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, look, we managed to raise a bit of money, which was cool. And that moolah, or $67 of it, and 40 cents. I don't know where the 40 cents came from. Uh, in any case, that donation will be uh, given to Wire, and that's the women's uh, referral service based here in Melbourne. Uh, they do a lot of work specifically for women's issues, and uh, there's some, you know, they're just a great bunch of women going for many, many decades now. Uh, well, maybe two or three. And do a lot of hard work. If you need to talk to someone about anything, they can help. And then they refer you on to any other organisations that um, can support whatever you're going through. If you're going through a tough time, breaking up in a relationship, you need to get out of a relationship that's uh, dicey and that is trouble for you or you just need that support, they can certainly help. I'll put more details on our Facebook page for that. Um, Yeah, so money will go towards them. It's symbolic more than anything uh, because we do support them and they've been on broad before. Also, we'll be chatting to, uh, well, we'll have Jane Connery. She's returning for Broad Designs and specifically talking to an amazing artist and designer, Jess Johnson, in New York City. We had a chat to her, talking about her work, her design, her art, and um, 
a lot more. So she's based over there. She hails from Kiwiland, uh, VIA Australia, and then on to the United States, talking about what is happening there, the tensions at the moment that are going on there, which is, yeah, pretty tr- you know, tough for many. And on top of that, uh, raccoons. Raccoons and fried chicken. I don't know. It's all on Broad tonight on Joy 94.9. Now, if you've got a question or you would like to, uh, yeah, just message us in, you can do so 0427 Joy 949, or you can phone us 1300 Joy 949. There is the email to, and that is on air at joy.org.au, and we're also on Twitter, the Twitterverse. You can tweet away or tweet, I think it's word, the word is right. Um, and that is at Broad949, no, sorry, at BroadFem949, all lowercase. So that's at BroadFem949. And naturally we're on Facebook, so you can hit us up there. We'll put links and stuff to do with the show tonight and obviously podcast the show later in the week for you to listen to again if you wish to or if you miss out. Like you can't uh, sit around and do that this evening. Uh, it's replayed at, I believe, early hours of the morning. Head to the Joy website for that, joy.org.au, for more. And like Lucy Lawless said, hey, at the beginning of the show, why not join Joy? It's probably a good idea. And in fact, it is a good idea. Keep us on air talking about feminism, news, stuff to do with the ladies, women, uh, queer news and topics, lots of stuff happening. The Grammys, of course, uh, one of the big things happening uh, in the last few hours were Adele, very famously, reluctantly, uh, well, she beat Beyonce for the top prizes. Uh, however, she basically said, hey, you know, she apologised and um, for receiving Album of the Year. Uh, and it looks like, yeah, she possibly, would she hand it over to Beyonce? She said, quote, I can't possibly accept this award while using superlatives to describe how monumental Beyonce's Lemonade was. Ultimately, Adele walked off the stage having won all five of the awards she was nominated for. That's incredible. Such a humble, uh, real down-to-earth person, Adele, I think. And, uh, yeah, she might be right, but look, at the end of the day, these awards don't always necessarily mean the best person wins. But overall, it's been a really important year, I think, for women in the music industry, not just in the U.S., but all around the world globally. Um, and don't let that put you off if you do make some awesome music. And actually, in Broad, we like to chat to musicians. We do. Last week, we spoke to uh, Rachel Maria Cox. Now, that's on the Broad website on Joy at the moment, if you want to listen back to that. And don't forget, they've got an awesome crowdfunder to help them keep making, you know, the awesome, awesome tunes that they do make. And speaking of which... Ah, oh, I think I think it's time for a little bit more music now. I'm going to play another track that's from the fabulous movie Hidden Figures, and then I think it's time to talk to to uh, Rebecca uh, about um, the coming up of um, Wolfpack and how femzines are just virtually took over the festival of the photocopier. I think yesterday it was ah oh, just incredible the amount of um, the amount of wonderful stuff all made by hand. So much work and so much effort goes into making these zines. And, you know, it's not just about getting black ink on your fingers. It's it's about the love and the passion that goes into that. Um, here's a bit of Lala Hathaway with Pharrell Williams. And this is called Surrender. It's from the Hidden Fingers soundtrack. This is brought on Joy 94.9.
This is Scarlett, and you're listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. This is Broad on Joy 94.9. Don't forget, if you want to message in 0427 Joy 949, what you think of the Grammys and uh, how much you know amazing women that were there showing their support. Uh, there was a lot of protest happening or support, or as I call it, protection support happening, talking about uh, No Dakota Pipeline, of course, and we support that 100%. Stand with Standing Rock and Rise Again Standing Rock hashtag. Also, uh, there was um, you know certainly some women of colour, great representation there and the whole Knowles family were pretty much involved so it includes Solange um, picking up an award there so any any thoughts you have about that let us know uh, you can email us on air at joy.org.au and like I said head on the Twitter there the Twitterverse at broadfem949 but uh, we're going to chat to Rebecca Cheers uh, who I spoke to earlier in the week talking about Wolfpack and what it is what are 
um, femzings. Find out more. Here we are. This is brought on Joy 94.9. This is Sonia and this is Broad on Joy 94.9. And in the studio tonight we are speaking to someone because it's all about the zine. Being a zine-tastic weekend, I want to welcome Rebecca Chairs from Wolfpack. Welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. Yes, yeah, so it is Wolfpack. Uh, number eight, this is your eighth time. Number eight, it's difficult to yeah. even believe myself that there are eight of them. How many years oh, I mean, has that taken then? Only about three, I think, because we, we started out quarterly initially. Okay. So we were doing four a year, and yep. then we changed about halfway through, because four a year was not remotely sustainable. That oh. was just straight up nonsense. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, it would be. It would be just too hard. Absolutely. I'm only learning that just from my own experience of having to put together something that resembles a zine of some sort for Broad at the moment for the Festival of the Photocopy. What is it about zines that draws you to, you know, to doing them? They're just oh, so amazing. I mean, before I before we started making Wolfpack, my mm. introduction to zines was Sticky Institute, really, which I think mm-hmm. is basically the story for everybody I know but there was just something completely intoxicating about them it's this intersection of self-publishing but also physical analog media that just Mm. hits the pleasure center of my brain Mm. it just makes me really happy that's everything I love in a in a stapled bundle they're amazing and I think the resurgence of zines is just really heartening yeah yeah I mean Kanye's got one apparently or did have one like that's amazing I think I do recall hearing that yeah can you just imagine Kanye West slumped over a photocopier like sweating like trying trying to make the toner work I'm sure he has people to do that but in any case it's like it's an amazing thing and um just growing and growing in strength. But you've come from Brisbane. Yeah. Not just, obviously, for the, for Broad, but um, <laughs> to do the zine launchings and things like that. Tell us about what you do in Brisbane and, oh, obviously, what Wolfpack is about. That would probably help. Yeah, absolutely. So we are now a biannual zine, so twice mm-hmm. yearly, not every second year. That's very unclear, thanks mm. English language. Uh, we publish uh, femme and non-binary artists from Brisbane, but also Australia, and I think we've had one sneak in from London this issue. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we've we've transitioned from being a sort of collective-based zine to being an open mm. submissions publication. Oh. So people actually submit content to me now, right. um, which means that we get all kinds of goodness, and we publish a little bit of everything. So we have fiction, we have non-fiction poetry a lot of poetry this issue the poets are taken over visual arts mm. we've had comics why do you think poetry has become a, a big thing i think it's actually because my friend uh, zenobia frost who's a amazing brisbane based poet mm-hmm. uh she has just been repping wolfpack relentlessly <laughs> and nice. she helps me out with the poetry editing a big okay. shout out to zen keeps me sane um, so we've seen cool. a really big uptick in submissions for poetry this time Right. It's right. great for zines, though. It's like it's yeah. so punchy and it fits on it's a page. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. You can cut it up. Nobody will notice a few lines missing. No, just kidding. <laughs> just no, they kidding. would. They would scalp me. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, pull you apart page by page. <laughs> <laughs> but Wolfpack. So its philosophy is. Uh, I mean, it says online it's a femzine. What makes it a, a femzine, and what is the difference? I guess. I think uh, the reason we started making the zine, and I remember really clearly because it came out of me 
messaging a bunch of my friends and inviting mm. them to my apartment and saying, what are we going to do together? I noticed that a lot of my friends were either total secret geniuses or were being creative, but creative on a very solo basis. Mm. And I just really wanted to, I say this every time I do an interview, but there's this really amazing Kathleen Hanna quote mm. about oh, Bikini Kill about uh, all the amazing things that happen in girls' bedrooms and all the amazing art that girls make in isolation and the idea of connecting all of those bedrooms up and how powerful that is. Mm. Um, I think about that a lot. We're obviously not just femme. We have um, tons of non-binary contributors. Um, But just valuing the art of people who are often sort of conditioned to work in secret or work solo. Yeah. Connected all together. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's sort of like, I guess, uh, sort of a girls club you know i mean yeah the bedroom is probably essentially one area and maybe more social media these days yeah i can't remember if that was a contemporary quote from a contemporary interview or something from way back Mm. um but it's it definitely applies to me because i only became creatively fruitful really a couple of years ago and i've been a lifetime secret creative a lifetime timid creative Mm. someone who kind of did her own thing very quietly in the corner so there's something really powerful for me not just Mm. from an activism perspective but just a community sense everybody contributing having it being like a collaborative zine like this is just really fun and it's a bit different from running something like a journal or just a a small publication it's a bit scrappier yeah definitely scrappier takes a village (laughs) (laughs) but yeah look i've seen a wolf pack zine evolve as well and certainly the last one they're getting pretty you know solid like there's a lot of content (laughs) i I don't know if this is the biggest but it's definitely the most complicated issue yeah you said an a3 fold out thing there's a there's a super special (laughs) extra fold out a3 centerfold image which is a big Mm. sort of mixed media erasure poem from zenobia frost the poetry editor she gave that to me and i just thought it was so cool and i had to do something with it but it was really big so thanks zen everything is your fault (laughs) thanks for the pain yeah (laughs) but it's such a relief i bet i bet when it's all over yeah no i mean i finished stapling them last night and uh this was a tricky issue to print and i have a lot of contributors and even some just people i know who went out of their way to help thank you helen thank you kendra thank you ray thank you maylee (laughs) so it's a very special one it's it's a piece of everyone in it it's a really fantastic community i remember seeing you guys what be two years ago now down at sticky with launch number whatever that was that was when we met it was four actually oh wow no hang on it was three it was issue three it was the hell grieve you had that many like wow (laughs) okay so it was number three hang on wait Um, no it was number four i just lied you actually had three and four there, I think. You yeah. had one that had, which really interested me, was the horror, the one that had a lot of horror Because it was content. sci-fi and Scream. That's yeah. right, that's right. And then you had the other one I wasn't so interested in. But that was cool. That's <laughs> fine, that's fine. Um, and you did some readings from it, and everyone was there, and they don't call it Sticky Institute for nothing. It was, <laughs> again, it's hot as anything, isn't it? And small. We, uh, I think it was a bit of an infamous launch, uh, because we it was our anniversary issue, because we were quarterly at the time, it was issue four. Uh, yep. And so we wanted to have a cake so we we had oh, and we're yeah, from brisbane the cake that's right so I we ordered that. a very big vegan blue? birthday cake it was a blue bright white? blue and pink birthday oh, pink. cake right. mm-hmm. um 
and we had it delivered to Sticky when we hadn't shown up yet. So Thomas is just there as somebody drops There's in the cake. There's a cake. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and then we had too much cake, so a couple of us after the launch had to go up and stand on Flinders Street and offer passers-by slices of cake. It was a special day. Only Brisbane people would do that, <laughs> yeah. you know, because a lot of people would be looking at Melbournians, we're looking going, Mm, why are you giving me this cake? That was you know? very much the reaction. Yeah? Yeah. What do you want? Is it, has it got something nasty in it? Yeah, it <laughs> did not? look very blue. So It did, yeah. It was a great, it was a great event, that one, because I think there was a few Kiwis over as well, if I remember right. The yeah, two roses. There was. there was a three roses. They were all named Rose. I can't remember oh. Rose, Curry, and uh, I've forgotten the other names of the awesome woman there. But anyway, it was really cool. I think one of them might have been from Mellow Yellow, which is one of my favourite zines That's so awful. They do, Don't they organise the zine fest? This is all just guessing. I think they might, <laughs> but it, it is, I mean, it's my favourite New Zealand zine. Yeah. I can say that. It's pretty good. So yeah, look, Sticky has been the epicentre for a lot of things going on. I wouldn't have, possibly I wouldn't have... Um, been inspired so much to do this show to do broad because it was looking at zines that got me excited about what if i did a radio show that was like a zine that's actually brisbane you know? has one of those oh, we, what we is were it? just talking about slubs or we did um hmm. we, we have used to have a, a very long-running feminism zine in brisbane called slubs and they had slubs a, they I had like that. short for slubber de gullion um, of course it is. And they had a show on Fortable Z, which is our community radio show. Oh, and cool. they were they the whole idea was it was a zine, but it was a radio show. They used to read recipes. They right. read, they read one from Wolfpack once, one of Talia's amazing recipes. Mm. Um, really amazing. Zines just bring out the best in people. I've never, never encountered an artistic community that I value more than zine people. Mm. Zine people are very special. It's, it's, I think it's because it cuts out all the crap. It doesn't mean there's, it's not competitive. There's no huge amounts of money being made, obviously, unless somebody's <laughs> got a secret. They're not telling us. But, and it's that kind of ethic of do it yourself and uh, collaboration and acceptance. And that's great. That's great as a place to do it, space to do it. It's really special to me because I'm a, I'm a creative writer. I study creative writing, mm. so I do have some involvement with other kinds of... The real world. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> but other sorts of like young art communities. And I just, oh, I, I really struggle to feel at home sometimes, but never at a zine event. Never with zine people. For a, a group of people centered around an art form that often comes out of a need to express oneself through marginalization or mm. um, a lack of existing channels, you would expect there to be some... I don't know, some sort of discomfort in zines, but it just isn't. I'm sure it will go from strength to strength every year. There's new people. There's always a new table or, you know, that awkward moment. You go, I don't need to feel shy and awkward anymore because there's someone doing similar stuff sitting right next to me. And that's, you know, with the badges because there's a badge thing. <laughs> Are you, have you got badges There's a badge for everything. There is. Wait, I, I haven't. Talia might. Um, Talia, mm. to be honest, kind of handles our, our table, the Wolfpack table. Okay. Oh, thank you, Talia. I just don't even know. I just show up and everything looks amazing. Not my forte. <laughs> no, and last year I just turned up. It was court scene and um, uh, the lovely Jimmy, he was involved with that. I realise now why he uh, was pretty tired afterwards because he did all of that kind of side of it. And I just thought, oh, I'll just turn up. You said you should just turn up Sonia so I did and for broad um we're whatever we do make will go towards a woman's charity so yep we're looking amazing. forward to doing that there's another there's an amazing zine that I've contributed to or I've submitted to I haven't heard back um but it's a zine that's raising money uh for 
a campaign that is hmm. um, advocating for the release of some artists being kept on Manus Island. Oh, okay, um, yes. Is that through Safta Ahmed? I don't... I mean, he oh. may be one of the people involved. Yeah, I think so. Um, He's awesome. I painted a fish. It's <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Really yeah. excited. So. A fish with a key in its mouth. Yeah. I know. I'm just guessing. But, um, but yeah, just there's some really great... Mm. Really great stuff this year. And so how can people find out more about Wolfpack Zine? Yeah, there's a couple of different ways. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, uh, Talia runs a, a distro on Etsy called okay. Kissy Face Distro. You can just Google it. Kissy Face, Kissy face. Um, and Distro. Typically, okay. you can get some Wolfpacks there. Stock levels vary. Okay, um, yep. We also, if you're in Melbourne, we typically have some stock at Sticky Institute. We also sell in Brisbane, typically at Junkie Comics, if you're in mm-hmm. Brisbane. But you can also... Uh, just get the PDF from our Tumblr, which is wolf-pack.tumblr.com. Okay. Just for freezies. Just, you can just get the PDF. We always put the PDFs up. But if people want to donate, do you have a donation Yeah, there's a, there's a little PayPal tip jar button, mm. which if you check out the PDF, we would appreciate. Um, it's a very... It's, it's, a, it's a quite out-of-pocket affair, Wolfpack. Yeah. Um, and we now pay our contributors, which is something that is oh, that's cool. super important to me. The work that we receive at Wolfpack is so valuable. That time mm. is so valuable. Mm. Now, if someone was going to start out and want to do a femzine, what are some of the sort of suggestions, hints, or guides, guidelines you can say? Yeah, I mean, the Wolfpack is so different to... Because I make zines by myself as well, mm. and, and they're such different enterprises for me. So if you wanted to do something like Wolfpack, just reach out to all the amazing people in your life who you know could use some exposure, mm. and then just work really hard to approach their work with integrity. Making something like Wolfpack is just like a priceless experience. And, you know, even in Brisbane, we're seeing such a boom in like small press, small journals. There's a new Mm -hmm. journal coming out of Brisbane called Penciled In for Asian Australian Writers, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. Penciled Um, In. Penciled In. Yeah, just there's just new journals and stuff popping out of Brisbane all the time. Some people I know made one called Veronica, which is an online journal. The thing Mm. about Brisbane is that all the journals come from Brisbane. Mangin, Lifted Brow, Scum Mag, all started in Brisbane. We are... What's with that? I saw somebody say recently that a literary community takes a million journals. You've got to have a million voices um, Mm. to build a really strong literary community. Can you have a couple hundred, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, a million might be a bit much just for Brisbane specifically. We certainly have had an impact and inspiring and it's amazing that... um, yeah, it just keeps coming up again and again as the go-to of a place is Brisbane. And when I make a solo zine, I tend to just kind of chuck it out in a night. Um, oh, okay, so I'll yep. just like I'll just bang it out, not edit it too much. Yep. And publishing something, um, no matter how scrappy, and just allowing it to be scrappy is just like the number one thing you can do to be a better artist to communicate better okay yeah that's a good point make something and lastly i always throw this at people i have on the show feminism what does it mean to you oh you know i got asked this question Mm. with a a camera pointed at me recently for a one woman project as a a product out of brisbane they did a conference and they asked me that and my answer then probably my answer now is that feminism for me is just a really a, a really great practice of looking at where you are in the world where you stand what the power relationships around you are what effect you have what effect other people have on you and then acting on it mm-hmm. it's a it's a way of looking at a world and then it's a practice based on that really valuable looking at the world seeing what you personally can do and doing it well i've actually found myself recently probably referring to myself as a feminist less often mm. um, not because i have a problem with the term yeah not that i begrudge people who do there are so many nuances yeah. here but just because i'm just i'm just trying really hard to do the things that i value and let that speak 
Uh, I think sometimes, especially when it comes to things like intersectionality, mm. sometimes uh, declaring yourself as such is not the same as acting. So I, I guess I, I try to take every situation as it comes mm. and not, not assume that I'm coming from the correct place to begin with. Well, thank you so much for speaking to us, Rebecca. Thank you for um, having me. Yeah, for Broad, <laughs> the Broad Scene episode. Broad Zine episode. Did I say Broad Zine? Broad Zine. <laughs> the Broad Zine scene. The Broad Zine scene. That's it. From Wolfpack and many other things. Thanks so much for speaking to us. Thank you. Hi, this is Clementine Ford. You're listening to Broad on Joy 94.9, and I'm encouraging all of you to fight like a girl, just as I know Sonia does. Hi, I'm Molly Crabapple, and you are listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. One time will come that brings a dawn. Not only from 
That is beautiful. This is Broad on Joy 94.9. It is Elaine Brown going back, I believe, the early 70s, about 71, 72 there, uh, one time. Yes, she does talk about men in that song, but as she said, as a, as a leader, as a revolutionary of the Black Panthers during the late 60s and early 70s and mid-70s, Elaine Brown in the US, uh, she was one of the forefront, too, of uh, women of colour, African-American women who were feminists and were part of the party, the Black Panther Revolutionary Party, but at the same time, we're pulling, pushing forward, I guess, uh, the role and representation of women within that very masculine, a very masculine party at the beginning there as an activist uh, revolutionary group, which brought um, a lot of great uh, things to the American environment, including for the civil rights movement, uh, including uh, free lunches for kids and, and making sure they had breakfast when they went to school. Uh, just just simple things. Even pedestrian crossings. They didn't have those for a lot of the people of colour, African-American people in communities in the US. Uh, there was a lot of, yeah, really terrible stuff happening. And, uh, of course, as we know, that seems to be like history repeating itself. The reason I played that is Elaine Brown will be coming to to uh, Melbourne very soon uh, as part of a special conference, a couple of days conference in March, end of March. So looking forward to that. I'll keep you posted about that. Cross fingers we get to talk to her because she certainly is an icon and a survivor of a, a very traumatic and yet inspiring time in US history. And speaking of which, um, before we go on to the interview Jane Connery had with Jess Johnson, Johnson, I should say, in, uh, in New York, talking about broad designs, um, it's been announced that uh, there will be a day of revolutionary love tomorrow, uh, our time tomorrow, uh, the day after for the US, and it's uh, Tuesday for Valentine's Day, February the 14th. So a feminist a day of revolutionary love, and that's through the woman who marched, or the woman who marched on Washington, part of that organisation in the US. They've released that this is a revolutionary day of love, a day of rising, resisting all executive orders and policies that put people in harm's way. They they say they commit to fighting for social justice through the ethic of love. Love for others, love for even their opponents, and love for themselves. Love for their comrades and love for the other feminists and other women involved in that movement. And it is a movement. It certainly is. Um, they say they will rise up across the US and around the world in music, poetry, dance and engage in the Congress to declare that revolutionary love is the call of our times. They've even got a declaration. So I'll put that up on the Facebook page a bit later after the show and you can have a peruse of that. And so, yeah, revolutionary love, I think that's a good idea. I really do. Uh, let's listen in a moment to um, the interview Jane Connery had with uh, the fantastic Jess Johnson in New York City, talking about women in design, broad design and art. You're listening to Broad here on Joy 94.9. Broad Designs is women in design, the politics, the art, the women, the designs. Jane Connery is your host, talking to female designers about design, broad designs. On Broad, Joy 94.9. Hello everyone, this is Jane Connery. You're on Joy 94.9 and you're listening to Broad Designs. Sonia, I'm tempted to give this segment a new tagline, maybe Broad Designs, talking to the mothers of invention. What do you think? Sounds like a really good idea. I like it yeah. too. <laughs> and I know you went and saw Hidden Figures 
How was mm. that? Oh, amazing. It's very much um, talking about, well, it's very much a Hollywood film. Yes. But it's such a different Hollywood film that we haven't seen for several decades, I think, or if not ever. Yes. And it's just great to see that representation and three amazing women of colour and all the other women behind them. You get little glimpses, but it was such an important um, historical event, project, projects. It's great. It is great. It's mm. funny how a slight shift in the focus of heroes in a storyline can make it appeal to so many more people. I loved it too. One of the things I did notice was how all the female characters spoke to all the computers as if they were female too. Yes. It was very empowering. Yeah. Even that. I wanted to know sort of, more about that story. Yeah, yeah, with the computers being yeah. girls. I just think because the main characters were girls, it was all about. Mm. Yeah, the empowerment of technology and what women can do with it. So tonight my guest is Jess Johnson, a New Zealand-born artist slash designer who has exhibited widely in Australia and who is now speaking to us all the way from New York. Welcome, Jess, and thanks for your time. Hi. Nice to talk to you. Great to talk to you too. I know I just called you a designer. You'd rather be called an artist, wouldn't you? I, I guess that's my preference. I haven't been called a designer before, so I'm, I'm not sure if I'm... Uh qualified to have that have that label but that's okay I think it's a pretty fluid label too um artists are often designing a message and a story as well as um just creating as well so I I like to think artists and designers are pretty close there's a link to your work on the broad Facebook page so we can all get a better idea of what it looks like but your art has been described as hypnotic rock posters set in twitching alternative realities You draw elaborate patterns, floaty humanoids and alien architecture. And I'm kind of creating a link here with hidden figures, with women taking people into new territories and the unknown. And and your art kind of does that too. It kind of takes us into new realities, new experiences. I mean, one of your pieces, well, recent pieces at the NGV in Melbourne worked with the Oculus Rift. Can you tell us what it was like working with new technologies? I've been drawing this alternative realm I guess you could call it for uh, the last several years and about two and a half three years ago I moved into uh, taking this world off the page and translating it into animations and that was with the help of my collaborator Simon Ward and it seemed this very logical progression to um, move this world into into animation and there was this nice synchronicity of the technology of virtual reality um, getting to this point where it was effective enough and affordable enough for us to start moving our animations into the virtual realm. So I've worked quite intensively with Simon for about six months on Ixian Gate and Simon was basically like learning the programs at the same time as building Ixian Gate because it's it's um, you know it's, a, it's such a, a, a new thing that the language of virtual reality hasn't kind of been written yet so People are just very much like following their nose with the technology to see what um, what sort of new directions and genres and things it might move into. That's an exciting space for an artist, really. In terms for like the audience as well, um, like when we first uh, showed Ixian Gate at the National Gallery of Victoria, for a large amount of the audience, it was their first experience with virtual reality. So people are always going to remember their their first time with this 
technology. So they're, you know, they're much more sort of susceptible and their minds are wide open. And so that's a very interesting thing for an artist to be able to like imprint my artwork and my world on people's first experience with it. Great. It is. It's very exciting. It's great how artists can push that experimentation with technology into to new ideas. And in the current reality of the political climate in the States, where you're working from now, how do you see the role of artists in exploring these alternative realities? I think, I think people have always used science fiction as a way to legitimise talking about uh, what's happening in the present. So I think that's been evident with uh, world events over the last few years where we're seeing a lot more of uh, these dystopic yes. um, brave new world <laughs> type of thing yeah, yeah and in terms mm-hmm. of like the, the popular movies as well mm-hmm. it's like there's definitely this um, dystopic uh, Hunger Games vibe to a lot of the, um, the movies that are getting produced but um, I think living in, in a in America at the moment, and I am, um, I've actually only lived here for just over a year. Um, uh, you know, to be honest, in the day to day, I think a lot of artists in America are actually feeling very adrift and struggling with making art right now. Mm. Um, it, it does seem to be a very privileged indulgence to be toiling away in the studio when the country seems about to burst into flames outside. So, yeah, it's, it's the, I think people, most everyone I know, is very engaged with what's happening in the country right now so everyone's getting out to a lot of marches and um engaging in a lot of activism and it's just coupling that with uh spending time in my studio <laughs> drawing these um these worlds as well but i think uh i think in terms of like my work whatever's been happening in the outside world has always kind of crept into crept into uh my artwork as well so i I can definitely map out sort of my drawings getting a lot more darker and weirder sort of over the last year since I've been here. Mm, and where, where does your work take us now? Do you find it is changing? Where, or in comparison it, where it has been taking us? What Tell us about that journey of where you can take us through your work. I mean, it's obvious that I've always been very interested in science fiction. I've always been very interested in speculative worlds and space travel, but... I actually think in more recent years, I feel like I've uh, swiveled my focus uh, inwards. So instead of looking far out into outer space, I've been sort of going deeper into my own mind, I guess you'd say. So Mm. I don't necessarily think of the worlds that I draw as existing somewhere out there in another galaxy. It's like I sometimes think of them as more like macro worlds, like existing within a cellular level. No. So it's like the it's like exploring the, the space of the internal world as opposed to the space travel, I guess. Yeah, and that's what art can do, it's especially in these um, political times. Everyone can yeah. have that self-reflection and internal sort of dialogue and you put it on the paper. It's it's pretty amazing. My last question, we're not going to get away from this serious stuff. <laughs> and um, my last question that I did write that I know you giggled about was, do raccoons really thrive on fried chicken? Can you... Can you answer that question that we've all been wanting to know? <laughs> do you want some context for that question? Yes, or? I think we yeah, do. That would be good. <laughs> uh, that was, um, yeah, so that comes from a three-month residency I took at the end of last year in uh, Nebraska. And for your listeners who don't know where Nebraska is, it's basically right in the centre of the United States. You can just kind of drop a pin in the middle of the map. Is and it wheat country, isn't it? Wheat country or... Corn, Corn, sorry, corn. (laughs) 
And quite conservative. I was going to say, is that the Bible Belt around there? Yes, it's the Bible Belt. It's a red state. Like, I I think when I got this residency and I was uh, telling people in New York that I was going to uh, Nebraska for three months, like, people were very incredulous because a, a lot of, you know, people on the coast here have never never visited the, uh, you know, the Midwest. And, you know, but for me, like the Midwest was, it's an exotic place. So I was quite happy to just explore it and see what it had to offer. But um, one of the uh, restaurants that we became frequented quite often at this residency was this um, kind of hillbilly shack in the the base of these woodlands. And it was known for um, has been a very good fried chicken restaurant, but it was also known for this ginormous population of feral raccoons that lived around lived around the um, the woods. And <laughs> at intervals in the evening, the waitresses would step outside and they would just tip these buckets of leftover fried chicken and fried fried foods. Yeah, that would ground. explain <laughs> the feral raccoons. <laughs> And there's just hundreds and hundreds of feral oh, raccoons gosh. just swarmed them. And they were the most peace little animals I've oh. ever seen in my life. <laughs> Sounds like a bit of a horror movie, all those scary raccoons. Sounds like Deliverance <laughs> or something like that with raccoons on the porch <laughs> and a banjo, playing a banjo or something. <laughs> Sounds like a fun experience. I mean, <laughs> having that opportunity as an artist to travel to the States and explore, um, yeah, different communities, different countries, different states. Uh, sounds like fun. Thank you for your time tonight, Jess. I really appreciate hearing about your success and your journey as an artist, inwards and outwards. Two of your exhibitions have just finished in Australia, one at the Casula Powerhouse Art Centre and one in Geelong. Where else can we see your work closer to home? I'm actually coming back to Australia next month. I've been working on a uh, new series of animations with uh, Simon Ward and we're going to be exhibiting them at Carriage Works as part of the national exhibition. Great. And so that opens, I think it's like the, the 30th of March. Um, so I'm spending about yeah three three weeks up in Sydney getting that together. I'm also showing at the Fremantle Art Centre at the end of May. So that's my next little project in Australia. We all have to get out there and have a look. Thanks again, Jess. Make sure you go, go out and see Jess's work. This is Jane and you're listening to Broad Designs on Joy 94.9. Thanks, Jess. Thank you. I'm Rose Mize. I'm listening to Broad on Joy 94.4. Nine. Point nine. 94.9. 94.9. Okay, no Perfect. problem. Thank you. Okay, you ready? Yep. Okay. Hi, I'm Rose Myers. I'm the director of Girl Asleep. Uh, you're listening to Broad on Joy FM 94.9. Y'all gonna end up unemployed riding around in this pile of junk. You're welcome to walk the 16 miles. Oh, sit in the back of the bus. Kiss me up. You have identification on NASA, sir. NASA? I had no idea they hired There are quite a few women working in the space program. Least I can do is give y'all an escort. Three Negro women are chasing a white police officer down the highway in 1961. That is a God-ordained miracle. In 14 days, astronauts will be here for training. And we're shooting a human into space, and it's never been done before. With the launch of the Russian spy satellite, the president is demanding an immediate response. Space test group needs a computer. Catherine's the gal for that. She can handle any numbers you put in front of her. This is about inventing the math, because without it, we're not going anywhere. Yes, sir. That's John Glenn. What do you guys do for NASA? Calculate your launch and landing site. How could you be ugly in these white men? 
It's equal rights. I have the right to see fine in every color. If you were a white man. And this is brought on Joy 94.9. Thanks again, Jane Connery, for organising the interview with Jess Johnson over in New York City, the wonderful artist and designer, virtual reality animator. She's uh, doing amazing things for women everywhere. And, uh, yeah, fantastic. Now we have got uh, Bite Me Down Under with Beck coming up very shortly. And that was a little bit of the... A bite there, you could say, of Hidden Figures, the trailer of the film that is just rocking it and it is taking the world by storm. It's uh, beaten Rogue One already. That was a few weeks back when it was released in January in the States. It uh, had to wait over a month to come out here, February the 16th, this Thursday. Now, I was going to do a review, but I'm running out of time. At least I played the trailer and a couple of tracks from the actual film. So I might actually do a separate podcast. You'll have to wait to find out what I thought in its entire of my particular take on things of what I thought of Hidden Figures. But look, I did love it. It's directed by Theodore Amelfi, uh, produced by a whole bunch of awesome people, including Pharrell Williams, who wrote the musical um, soundtrack and all the songs, which give you a real flavour of the era, 1960s, early 60s, 61, 62, and so on. The space race between the USA and, of course, uh, the Soviet Union was in full blast leading up to the first uh, manned, humanned uh, flights or, should I say, um, orbits around the planet Earth and leading on to what happened in 69, which is uh, the landing on the moon. In any case, I will do a separate podcast for that, so you'll have to check us out another time. Meanwhile, jump on board Broad on Facebook or go to our podcast on joy.org.au. And I had a message from a Jade I haven't forgotten. I'll read it out very quickly. She says, Hi, Sonia. Hope you're well. So glad to see GLAD, G-L-A-A-D, promoting intersectionality in the LGBTQ community at a recent rally. Excellent. I think that was the hashtag resist rally. In any case, LGBTQ intersectionality regarding women, I'd argue every real queer must be a feminist of sorts and appreciation of their own community. Go broad. Well, I hope so. And uh, I know that Beck has got some awesome music coming up, some Aussie tracks for you to get into and get your teeth into with Bite Me Down Under. So tune in next week. We've got a whole bunch of awesome women we'll be talking to. Um, oh, there's too many to, to think about right now. You'll just have to be teased by me. You've been listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. B-R-O-A-D. B-R-O-A-D. That's it. Yep. I had to think about that. Yeah. It's funny because <laughs> we say in American English, we say broad. Oh, okay. Well, you, you say it in you your American it, tongue. Can I say it in American accent? <laughs> please. Right, yeah, please do. <laughs> okay. This is Jamie Babbitt, the director of But I'm a Cheerleader, and you are listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. The 1986 women's mural from Bombonary to Barbed Wire on Smith Street was defaced. Responding to the community outcry following its destruction, the Women's Mural Documentation Project is capturing your reactions to this defacement and to the 30-year history of the significant feminist mural. Danielle and Sally from the Women's Art Register want to hear from you. Get in touch, the Women's Mural Project at gmail.com. A community message supported by Broad and Joy 94.9. Thank you, sisters. You've been listening to this broad podcast here on Joy 94.9. Don't forget to tune in to us Monday nights at 9pm on Joy for feminism in your ears.
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.